Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hey, welcome. I'm really glad that you're here listening with us today. And uh, this is a super special time for me because I have one of my best friends, lifelong friends, partner in ministry, Aaron Suzuki with me. Uh, I can safely say that without Aaron's presence, there would not have been all those churches in Hawaii and all the churches that were born from Hawaii around the world. And so today, this is kind of special. Uh, We're doing it in audio. Also, we're going to save the video because this is kind of Hope Chapel legacy stuff. And uh, just really excited to have you here, Aaron. I I want to um, have you just introduce yourself. Tell, Tell what you did before. Uh, we moved, uh, struggles that you had, I mean, uh, the company trying to bribe you with all kinds of things to stay behind. And then uh, and then tell us just a little bit about, you know, what you did in Hawaii, how our roles worked with each other, and, and we'll just go from there. We're just kind of rock and roll today. So this is Aaron. Okay. Okay. Um, thank you for all those nice things you just said. Um, I guess I started off at Honda. American Honda, and uh, I was in a group that was called Product Testing and Development, and basically we got our own products and tested it against the uh, the other competition, you know, Yamaha and the rest, and so that's what I did. And then in the midst of that, I got very, very depressed and really wanted to end my life. On a Wednesday, I thought, this is it, and there was a fellow that I worked with that I knew was was this Jesus kind of person. And uh, so I asked him how to become a Christian. And he gave me the book of Romans and I read it and I figured, okay, (laughs) that ain't for me because I don't understand anything that the book said. Um, On Friday was when I was going to basically overdose. And um, my friend on Thursday night said, God had a plan for me. And I started crying and something changed inside of me. And so Friday didn't even think about that. And that started my little adventure um, as far as being a Christian. I went to Ralph's church, the second church I went to, because the first church I went to, and I had a hard time even going into the church because it seemed like I was going to do something wrong. And then um, I went to Ralph's church. He had just started the church in Manhattan Beach. And I figured the, from the folks that I saw, there was nothing I'd be able to do wrong because they all looked like it was the same group. We were all the wrong guys. And um, that group, um, I started to meet guys that ended up being a pastor in, in Maui. Um, I met um, a lot of guys that basically discipled me, although I don't know if I would have called it discipleship because the word discipleship seemed to be teacher and student. But these guys weren't that way. They just treated me like one of the guys, and they would explain why they were doing something, and that's the discipleship I got. Um, now, because I'm 71 now, what was the rest of the question? <laughs> uh, just just um, 
kind of how what led up to going to Hawaii, and and because uh, I know that you had some struggles with it. I know it was hard on your folks. Uh, and then oh I, yeah, yeah, that's right. Hard on American Honda. They didn't want to let you go. Yeah, my folks, my folks, um, being a typical Japanese uh, family, um, we I was I was uh, in a good job, good paying job, and I told them about you know. Um, uh, Ralph had he had he had mentioned something at church saying that he had a uh, vision, and I thought, what's what's a vision exactly? Because that week I had a dream, and a, and a fellow that was in college that was working at American Honda, he actually took a picture of me having this dream. I was I was asleep at work at my desk, and he took a picture. Just thought it was kind of humorous, but it was that moment that I had this what I would describe as a negative in my head of a landscape. And later on, when Ralph started talking that weekend about visions, um, I went and asked him, what's, what's the difference between a vision and a dream? And he said, why? And then I said, I started describing this thing that I saw. And he, he said, he says, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the rest of the story. And, and he kind of did actually. Um, I, it's, it's a place on Oahu that I've never been to. And it turned out it's the place where the church is currently, um, where Hope Chapel uh, found its home. That got, at least it, it made me feel like I should be considering this. And, and, and Honda was throwing out stuff let like, me, let me just you know, there's a possibility. Let me, let me interject sure. something here for a second. And that is that on the Thursday, because we've been talking about this for some time, about moving together, our families. And, uh, and, and you had kind of dropped out of sight. Your son was born. You're pretty busy with family. And I was frustrated. I was praying, Lord, I need to hear from here. I need something solid. And I got up and I walked around my desk. I don't know where I was going, but, um, I saw this thing, like it flashed in my mind. And I'm not given to visions. If people tell me they had a vision, I doubt that. Um, uh, but this, I, I saw the same thing that you saw. Uh, and I believe it's actually at the same time of the day. But that was uh, one of those weird things that kind of gave us peace when we did move and things got a little rough. But anyway, talk about Honda. So anyway, so um, yeah, that 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 is true. Um, um, that that the site that Hope Chapel is currently on was the site that was in this in this picture in my brain, and because I really didn't want to engage the fact that, well, maybe it was a vision because. It's a lot easier if you just think it's a dream because the vision has a lot more. <laughs> There's other things that's required of you. And I've always been somebody who's kind of dodged those kinds of things. Like you won't see me on many interviews because I don't really like doing this kind of stuff. But um, we started off at um, when we came here to Hawaii, we started off at the beach in Kailua because we couldn't find any other place. And the one thing that that has been – um, always a part of Hope Chapel. Even now, this is, I don't know how many years that we've been together, but this is still the underlying thing. Ralph took an offering the very first day, and he said, we're going to give it away to another church that he goes, I don't even know who they are, but we're going to find somebody else that started, and we're going to give the first offering to that group. And then he said to us that, we are going to be a church that is going to do things like this, give away. He says, we're going to give away some of the best people, which 
at that time, I think a lot of the people didn't quite understand it all, but it seemed like this is a good thing. These are, these are real Christians. But later on, what it meant was some of the guys that we fell in love with as far as worship leaders, we gave them away. Some of the other leaders that we had, um, uh, you know, John Honnold was one of them that, that we all grew to love. And, and Guy Capelliella was one, Mike Kai was one. We grew to love these guys. But at one point, our church was ready to give, give them away. And, and I think a lot of other churches won't do that. They want to keep those guys in. But Ralph started off from day one. We're going to give them away. And then we brought a bunch of people with us who were helping us to um, lead like in worship and what have you. And, you know, when you first start a, a project like this, you get very involved and you want to be involved and it, and God wants you to be involved. But, but then to hear that you're going to have to probably give your job up to a local guy. And you know what? He might not do it as well as you, but we need to give it to the local folks. And so that kind of started this, this thing that is Hope Chapel to me. It's sort of the DNA of Hope Chapel. We've always been ready to give away our best. We've always been, um, that, that meant we started again from scratch sometimes. Well, maybe not totally from scratch because there was always a discipleship thing going on where there's somebody else that could take that person's place. But Sometimes they weren't as good as the guy that just left. Um, but th- it didn't matter because he would develop. And, and, um, and you know, there, there's this book that Ralph introduced, uh, In Search of Excellence. And there's this one section called Stick to the Knitting. And <laughs> a while ago I told Ralph, you know, I, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but um, you, you ain't changed. In this many years you haven't changed. Um, and, and what I meant was, those things that I just told you about, that's never changed. Hope Chapel has always existed that way. And we've tried to put it in into the guys that have left Hope Chapel. We wanted that to be their DNA because our assignment was to reach 1% of Hawaii. And the only way to do it, in fact, when Ralph told me that and I was still at Honda, he said, I think God said to reach 1% of Hawaii. And I thought, how many people is that? He says, well, there's there's like 1.2 million people. So, and I'm not real good with math, but I knew it was over 100 people that meant the church was going to be in church. <laughs> and it was like, how the heck? This guy's crazy. I should stay at Hadda because I got a really good job that pays well. Why would I want to follow this guy that wants to reach 1% of Hawaii? And then Ralph began to tell me that, look, hey, one of his examples, it's kind of interesting because um, maybe I'm not supposed to even say something like this because of all this racial tension, but it's like I'm with this Howley guy, and he tells me that, well, it'll be like what happened in Tokyo. When they, when they burned Tokyo down, the bombers came, and they, they didn't have like one bomb. They just had a whole bunch of small incendiary bombs that started small fires, and it burned the whole place down. Well, that was what we were going to do in Hawaii, start a lot of small churches. Because my idea was one huge church, forget it. I'm going to stay at Honda. Because to me, that was more difficult. But what he said was, hey, we just start a whole bunch of small ones. And so 
you know, it was the whole, we're going to start a whole bunch of small churches, reach 1% in 10 years, and we're going to take anybody that walks and try to turn them into somebody that will lead something. And uh, if, if you look at the numbers, it happened after 11 years. So, I mean, any way you look at it, I guess it was a success. And, you know, it was fun along the way. We had our, our moments, but, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Did I get close? It's been really good. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, we, we had this photograph that somebody took for a magazine cover of the two of us. And we're just standing there wearing, you know, Hawaiian shirts, Aloha shirts, and, and uh, it's just a photograph. But then uh, people and staff started uh, making allusions to the Blues Brothers on a mission from God. Um, that was a kind of a weird thing, but, but that kind of positioned us to do a Batman and Robin or, or you know, there, there, there was stuff in our relationship that I couldn't have done without you and you couldn't have done without me. Uh, go into that a little bit in, in spiritual gifts and, and in how our roles emerged in all of that. Because there's people who are listening to this who haven't figured this part out, especially. You know, some of them are one-man shows. Uh, some of them, things are shrinking around them. They're hurting bad. Uh, the, the, there's this need to have somebody who's, who's alike in vision but different so that you can work off of each other and work with each other. Go on, tell about the Blues Brothers. Like Ralph said, um, we're very different. Um, and yet, um, and, and I don't know how exactly God put us together other than with that, that vision and dream thing. Um, but I, I started to realize that whoa, whoa, Ralph... Whoa, 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 whoa. I got to interrupt here. He put us together okay. on the floor of my garage underneath an horrible old oh. MG that would hardly run. That's right. You had, had to make it work. That's right. Okay, so here, here's where he talked about the giftings. My gifting is as a servant. And so I had heard Ralph talk about his MG um, in his sermons. And if you've ever worked for a Japanese company, there's words that were just like bad words. And one of them was like anything made in England was a bad thing. Or if, if, if the gauge said Smith's underneath it, it was a piece of junk. Um, so he would always talk about this car. And I would be sitting there th thinking, I think I know what is wrong. I think I could help him. But, I mean, after all, he's this, this guy. You know, he's, he's the pastor. And... Um, and then what I, what I got was one day he was sick. So I went over to his house with this other guy named Jim. And I, Jim knew Ralph. And I just said, look, just let me in the garage. Let me fool around the car. And then, and then I'll be done. And hopefully I'll be able to fix it. And that'll be it. So we don't have to hear about his MG anymore. So um, I go over there. And that's when we first met. And th that is true. So a lot of the um the things that i did with ralph was <laughs> like one of them was to make his dart mg pass the smog emission test <laughs> we actually put an oxygen bottle in it and ran pure oxygen into the exhaust system or very uh close to pure oxygen because pure oxygen would blow up but so that it would thin out the thing when they checked it and the car ran so bad that he took it from there to honda Probably if I was at Honda, I'd be fired now. But 
we took it to Honda and then disconnected everything and made it rich again because the thing wouldn't even run. So, okay, that's how we met. But uh, like I said, my gifting is as a servant. And I knew right away that his was encouragement because he could encourage anybody um, off of a cliff and tell them, you know what, if you flap your arms enough, you could fly. <laughs> and I seen guys that just went off the cliff and he'd be looking down going, keep flapping, you can fly. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm saying that in a funny way, and some of you might even think it's a bad way, but it wasn't. It was, it was a gift that he had where he could find in a room, he could find somebody that God could probably use to um, go out and start something or a leader. And, and some of the leaders he picked, I'm sitting in the background going, you got to be kidding me. But it was, he just has this gifting for it. My gift comes alongside it. And it's like, okay, Ralph said you could fly and you can. Um, and, and don't worry. The first time you hit it, it won't be so bad. You know, try again. Um, there was this, I mean, maybe Ralph didn't see it this way, but it's always like, mom's like dad and mom. And I happen to be mom. And, um, and so I would, I would be um, very much involved with um, the guys saying, you know, Ralph said this, what do you, what do you think? And then trying to encourage them. And I was trying to mimic the encouragement that Ralph, his abilities. And, um, and then I, I tend to be, although I, I don't like this word, but I think I tend to be more of an administrator type because to me, as, as ministry went on, the, the administrators seemed to be the guys that always got in the way because they'd always be worried about like insurance. And, and if you look at the pioneer type person, he didn't care about insurance. Um, he just sees something that needs to get done out there and uh, – you know, I'm an old guy, and I can just say these things now, but where I am in life right now, it's like the administrators always made things more difficult. And to me, they pre prevented growth. Um, there was one administrator that I met, Joe Volpe, on the East Coast, and he's the only one that understood the pioneer guys, and he became one. He went and quit his um, job at a, at a denomination and uh, went on to uh, start a church um, on the East Coast. Um, did I come close? Uh, no, that's, that, that, um, that's it. It was uh, really good. You know, you had a, a way of um, – Aaron would visit the churches and um, – Go incognito. I mean, he's kind of you're kind of a sneaky guy, you know. You would always um, you, you'd not tell us stuff during staff meeting that you knew until you you know you thought it was really the appropriate time. Uh, where if you had unloaded the gun early, uh, everybody else wouldn't have had their opinion. That you it, because of your senior role in the church, it would have shut everybody down. So you were really good about just sort of sneaking up on things and sneaking up on people, but. Very quickly, we found out that in Japan, we'd, we'd have you going to Japan a lot, but also all the churches that we started. But when, when you'd go there, I, I know that you'd just go kind of, you know, the pastor would know who you were, but nobody else. And um, for those of you that are listening, what was going on 
is he just goes standing against the back wall like he was new and didn't know what was up. And the, the odd, weird, strange Holy Spirit thing would happen is that somebody would come up and befriend him, thinking he's, you know, stranger, new person, whatever. And uh, three or four weeks later, some problem would arise in the church. Inevitably, that person was the one who was the key to the, either either the, the, the key problem causer or the key to solving <laughs> the problem. So talk to us a little bit about your relationship with the pastors after they went out. And I mean, because some of these are really long-term relationships. You, you've invested an awful lot into, um, you know, people all over Hawaii, in Japan, and different places. Just, you know, kind of unpack all that. Maybe it's part of my nature to be a little bit on the sneakier side. But when I was working at Honda, we were buying everybody else's products and testing them against our products. So we had to be sort of sneaky. But it also gave me this ability to look for, like when I get on a motorcycle, where the foot pegs are, where the shifter is, I quickly take note of that. In fact, I remember one time Ralph goes, how come you're so negative? And I said, I was trained to be negative because when we got on the the competition's motorcycle, you would critique it. When we got on our own, we'd critique it. So here I am now in the church world, and I'm critiquing everything because that's just the way I was trained. Um, so a lot of times I'd be sitting in the back and, in, in a sense, critiquing what was going on. Um, is the, is, have I been welcomed, um, you know, like, a, like somebody that would, would, would want to be welcomed at a church? So I was taking in that. Um, I was also tripping on wires and thinking, you know, they're going to get sued if, <laughs> if somebody trips on this thing. Um, I, I would be the first guy up and putting away chairs if they had to fold chairs up. Um, because I wanted to just be a part of what was going on and meet some of the guys who were the helpers. Um, and then, and then as time went on and they found out, you know, what I, my job was and what have you, um, they would ask if, if that's why I came, was it just to critique them and, and, and look at things that they did wrong. And it, it was, it was never that it was always to get back with the pastor because pastors are, sometimes really insecure <laughs> and just tell them, you know, you guys do this really well. And it was always to try to encourage them just as much as I could. And that's another thing. I, I learned that <laughs> from the way Ralph did things. So I would just try to encourage the guys you're doing well. Oh, we don't have so many people. Um, you know, what do you think? I don't know. What do you, why don't you ask some of those guys? Um, and so I would direct them to the guys that they have inside the church that would help them obtain what they wanted to obtain. Um, and then later on, if they go, we tried it all, it failed, then maybe come back and say, well, what about this? You know, I don't know if it'll work. And I, it's not like I'm saying, well, I hope Chapel, we do it this way. It, it's more of, what about this? What do you think about that? You know, um, because it comes across sort of non-threatening. I, I want the guys to, I want the guys who are leading the church to believe that it was their idea because it'll work then because they, there's some, there's, there's some uh, energy that's inside of them to make this thing work because it was one of their ideas. Um, so it was always in the back of my mind, it was always to find a way to, to help them do, you know, whatever they wanted. Like I got thrown in, in Kansas city 
and a guy over there, <clears throat> I don't know how, but he, he knew Ralph from some seminar or something, and he found out I was in town and that we worked together because of the book, you know, has my name in it. And I was at one of the congregants' homes. So he asked me to come by and look at his church and tell me what, what, you know, what would help them grow. He says, because we just started two other churches and our numbers have dropped and it's really difficult, you know. It, and, and I remember going there and I thought, this is where we need Ralph to come in because he could always find something. I'm sitting there looking at this big building. He's saying only a small portion of the building is being used now because we sent out these two ministries. And I, I, think, I think it was the Holy Spirit that gave this to me. I asked him, what are all those flags around the, the room? Oh, those are all the countries that we want to go and um, we want to go and 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 do ministry in. And I said, you know, that's really good. But how many of them are you actually in? Oh, yeah, there was one country that they were in, but there was all kinds of flags. So I told the pastor, look, why don't you, you know, the two um, the two churches you went out and started, uh, they're meeting in schools, right? He said, yeah. I said, why don't you get the the high school flag, whatever they have, their banner or whatever, their logo, and put it up instead of those flags, put those up and tell the people that we've started these two, these two churches. And maybe you get the high schools near, nearby and fly those flags too, but make it so that you guys reach, you already have reached something. So put it up there and say, there's two more schools and, you know, one more school um, because that will encourage the people that, we gave away people, and we gave away our friends, but we're reaching, isn't it? We're supposed to reach the world. So, I mean, that's their portion of reaching the world. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmore.net.